In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 6D ATR2 and ATR2 Youth are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 6dhelmets.com for more info. Hey everybody, this is Michael Antonovich with this week's episode of the 6D Helmets Kickstart Podcast on Swap Moto Live. Since there's no real racing to speak of this weekend, me and Don just got on the phone and discussed random news of the last few days. Chase Sexton's injury, Christian Craig's reinstatement, Brock Tickle's comeback, a couple other things that are going on. So yeah, thanks for listening. This is a short one, not a lot going on right now. Don and I are pretty busy with other things going on. Check back through the week for more podcasts. Have a listen. Some crazy stuff happened over the weekend, but I think we can't even talk about it yet because the news isn't out. I think by the time we get this thing all finished, it should be out. And that other Monday night show is going to talk about it anyway. So, Okay. Yeah, so what do you think about that? Um, I think, I think it's unfortunate, but at the same time too, uh, the bigger picture is like, oh, it's not that he's hurt for Chase Sexton. It's more that he's not going to get the chance to do all the preseason testing that he needs yeah, to do because, for the 450 to go this summer. Yeah, when I was with him at the uh, Honda track last week, he was implying that he was not going to defend his East title. He was going to race West so that, uh, you know, during that break, he could take it, take advantage of the time to uh, start testing with the Honda HRC 450. Mm-hmm. And the Girl. big thing on that is too learn the West Coast races because it's been a long time since he did those. I think he, I don't think he ever actually did. I think he's only ever done East Coast. Yeah, the hard pack. Yeah. Huh. So, man, it's kind of like deja vu because around this time last year, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I was riding Greer Greer Ranch on mountain bikes with Chase on a Saturday. I think there was a big group of us out there. A lot of the Geico guys. And uh, the kid absolutely, absolutely sent it down the overdrive trail with all the jumps. And at the bottom, I was like, how do you go that fast on that cross-country bike? And he said, oh, man, now that I'm racing west, I should probably be mellow and not send it like this. And then, obviously, ironically, a few days later, he uh, he was sending it skyline and broke his collarbone and had to go east. He has a uh, he has a really really long history of collarbone injuries. Like that first year, he I think he was supposed to ride west even that first season, and then he got hurt, and then that pushed him back to East Coast, and then that's when he broke his femur. And then mm. I mean, this is his second collarbone injury just this off season. Yeah, yeah, and he's a skinny mm. kid, so you have to wonder: is being that thin and that lanky, like not giving yourself something to uh, like cushion the impact or something? But yeah, that's. It's weird to keep breaking the same bone over and over. Well, you broke your collarbone at Milestone, right? Yeah. And I mean, look at <laughs> look at how I am. So I'm even skinnier well, now. Well, I've, I've, got, I've got two broken collarbones, and I'm, I'm beefy, so. Yeah. And yeah. do your shoulders look all, like, mutant-like, too, after your all your uh, collarbones so and shoulders the, pop not out? Not so much the collarbone, but when I separated my shoulder on the mountain bike a couple of years ago. I've got a Dean Wilson shoulder for sure. Yeah, both of mine are all jacked up. Yeah. And that's weird because so, I've never had surgery. They're just ugly looking. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, okay, so 
uh, we're waiting for a press release then, right, from Geico Honda? Yeah, he he took the photo or the video of him riding pit bikes off of his Instagram. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty good indicator that it is true. And the team has already told me, like, yeah, something happened. Uh, we're just yeah playing the game and waiting to let all the other news come out too. Yeah. Okay, well, and happier Geico Honda news, um, you know, Christian obviously dropped the uh, news that the FIM uh, shortened his sentence, and December 31st, he's no longer banned or suspended. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing him on the West Coast. He looks really, really strong on his bike. Mm-hmm. And that that's unbelievable. I can't, uh, I can't imagine that that was an easy decision for the FIM to roll over and be like, yeah, we messed up and take accountability for it. But mm-hmm. they really did, and I'm sure that was a lighter sentence for them to go through instead of being drugged through the court of arbitration in front of every other federation in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of crazy that, you know, obviously James was the first, and then Tickle and um, Clayson, but what do you think made the difference for Christian? I really think that it's the fact that they he waited so months. long. Yeah, they waited so long to hear anything, yeah. and that he held their feet to the fire on why things went wrong. Like, obviously, he did something. Did happen? Something went wrong. Something he shouldn't have done, or just whatever, just an incident. Mm-hmm. But giving him no time to come back and say, "Hey, this is what we're doing," because it would be impossible to figure out the exact blend of what you had almost a year ago. And so, I think with that was the big thing because James's deal. He admitted they messed their paperwork up. Like, he did that wrong on his own. And granted, the FIM might have had some issues too, but a lot of the fault on that one was on James and his camp. And I think that's why that one went so bad. And then as for Brock, uh, apparently he didn't try to appeal as much, but I think at the same time too, he's like, what's the point? I'm already this far along. They found it. There's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. Well, uh, on those same lines, and – Brock looks pretty good on the bike, and uh, he gets to race uh, Tampa. Is it Tampa? After uh, February 10th, his suspension lifts. Yeah, Tampa is the first um, first East Coast race, and that's like right around Valentine's Day. So, yeah, it should be that first one. Yeah, I think uh, – I don't know. What do you think? So he's – right now he's busy preparing. Uh, I think this week he will finally get on his Husqvarna FC450. Um, I know AEO Power Sports has uh, given him two bikes, and I think there might be a little bit of hush hush help from the factory, perhaps. But uh, so he's he's putting together an effort. I think he's trying to buy and build out a sprinter. Um, I think we're going to shoot his posters for him. But what do you think the possibilities are of him having a fill-in ride on a team before Tampa even rolls around? Um, it depends on how much worse everything gets because granted, this has been a pretty healthy off season. Like Marvin's knee injuries and Joey's injury are the only two ones that we've had of top Mm -hmm. factory back guys. Typically we hear of something else, you know, look at this time last year on Christmas Eve, we hear that Eli breaks his back. We knew that Marvin's knee was a little shaky and there was other stuff going on. So you're just kind of like, huh, there's always something around this time, but everybody's like knock on wood have, have stayed healthy up to now. Yeah. It would be good to see him get on something, but unless I honestly, I don't even think that there really would be that much because if Honda, like if Brayton or Roxon was to get hurt, 
they have the factory connection guys to pluck from either Christian mm-hmm. or Jeremy Martin. Um, Husqvarna has got enough guys as it is. And I, I've heard that there might be a thing where Brock really can't go back to a team that he was fired from as per a yeah. contract, but I could be wrong on that. I could have been given misinformation. Um, and then as far as Yamaha, Yamaha could be a good deal for him too. But then it's the same thing. Do they bring Ferrandis up to a 450 for a few rounds to get some experience for next year? So mm-hmm. you just kind of have to see what's out there. Suzuki already took care of it on their own by putting Martin and Dakotas on a 450 at random races. So it, there's not really that many spots this year as there usually are. Yeah. Hey, I heard uh, along the JGR Suzuki lines, I heard Suzuki, I think they pulled out of their road racing program with Yoshimura today. Uh, yeah, they did that last week. And so it's going to okay. go to this, it's called Hammer Racing, but that's in the United States. Um, I guess if you read the press release that they sent out last week, it says that they're still going to continue to support the Suzuki JGR team quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that some reshuffling of what Suzuki wants to do. The road racing thing in the U.S. is kind of mm-hmm. on shaky ground as it is anyway. Uh, every yeah. year you kind of hear, is this the end of Moto America? Is it not? Uh, late last fall or this fall, there was an interview that came out and like one of the top writers said, yeah, I don't think it's going to be around soon. And it caused a big controversy in those mm-hmm. circles. So I think that Suzuki just kind of shuffling the deck around, especially with all the issues that they've had already. But on a global scale, Suzuki's doing great because their MotoGP team is outstanding. And there's talk that they could be back in MXGP pretty soon too. Mm, that would be good to see. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so I wonder if there's ever any talk of Tickle coming to JGR to film for Savachi. I don't know if they're going to do that unless they're just going to have Freddie be on that bike and then Dakotas every now and then and Martin every now and then. But he would yeah. be a good fit for it uh, considering all of the Suzuki experience at RCH just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I, I saw it. So I know you saw Dean Wilson back on the bike this weekend. Mm-hmm. And he was that at, was completely uh, under was the State, radar. State Fair MX with, uh, with Andy. Yeah, that's good. It's good for Andy to be out, too. It's good to hear. Yeah. I sent him a message, and, you know, Dean's staying under the radar right now. He doesn't want a bunch of attention, and he just wants to get healthy and get going. So that's why there's no, like, official Dean Wilson Instagram right now. But it's good to see, yeah. like, hell, just a few weeks ago, he's on ketamine getting his hip put back in place. <laughs> yeah. Well, shoot, we did that. I did a podcast with him a couple of weeks ago, and he said, you know, he's aiming for Anaheim 1 if everything goes right. But, I mean, if he just got on the bike this weekend, what, 18 days of riding? Who it's knows, doable. But... Yeah, I could think it could be doable just depending on how strong he is. Fitness mm-hmm. probably won't be there, but it would be good to have him be out there just so he misses no time. Yeah. It would be good to see uh, Dean just do 17 rounds. Yeah, it would. Yeah. God. Well, hey, let's take a quick break to uh, hear from our podcast sponsors. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed in more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world, period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey everyone, it's Marvin Miskin from the Red Bull KTM Racing Team. 
Right now, KTM is making it easier than ever to get out and ride. Head to your local KTM Autorized dealer to take advantage of limited time offer on qualified dirt, street, adventure, and naked models, or check out KTM.com to learn more today. Hi, this is 250 Supercross Champion Chase Sexton of the Geico Hana team. To get the most performance out of your motocross bike, make sure you're using the Yoshimura exhaust systems. Visit Yosh at Yoshimura-RD.com to see their wide line of slip-ons and complete systems for your bike today. Now enjoy the Swap Moto Live Kickstart podcast. Riders like Justin Cooper, Don Ferrandis, Eli Tomac, Adam Entingnap, Josh Hansen, and more partner with Works Chassis Lab for engine mounts and other special parts to add comfort to and enhance the handling characteristics of their bikes. With championships and race wins to prove it, Works Chassis Lab Parts provides the winning edge. Visit WorksChassisLab.com for more information. In 2013, 6D Helmets forever changed the way we think about motorcycle safety helmets. With its patented omnidirectional suspension system to help absorb rotational impacts, the original ATR1 helmet swept through the industry and was received with open arms by riders and racers alike. The new 60 ATR2 and ATR2U are even better than the original and carry a limited three-year warranty and a unique technology that allows the helmet to be rebuilt after most crashes. Visit 60helmets.com for more info. Hey, it's Bo Han, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at WorksConnection.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the 60 Helmets Kickstart Podcast. Don Maeda and Mike Antonovich here. Um, hey Anton, uh, have you followed the saga of Bernard Kerr, the... Uh, world-class downhill mountain biker who is uh, going for Anaheim 1. I listened to the podcast. I saw a couple <laughs> videos of him on Instagram. Uh, the dude's got skill. He's got serious talent on a bike. It'll just be interesting to see how that translates over. Has he run into yeah. some more issues in these last few days? Yeah, so we were, uh, you know, I, I, I went to the Yamaha track this morning to uh, to shoot with the Star Racing guys, and then I came in, and Dharma and I went and got burritos. And I'm sitting down to type, and I can hear someone plonking up the stairs to our office. And lo and behold, it's Bernard. And uh, <laughs> I guess he wadded really big on Friday. Uh, I saw him right on Thursday. So I was at the track at K3, Kawasaki now has three Supercross tracks. Um, but I was at K3 with, with, uh, with Bernard, and, and Jeremy was there. So McGrath was giving him tips, and I can't think of anyone in the world better to give someone tips for their first time riding Supercross, right? Yeah, that's so, a good guy to learn from. So when I was watching him, holy crap, he looks sketch balls like it would be like URI on a Supercross track, right? Jeremy gets there and starts giving him some advice, and all of a sudden the guy like figures it out, and he's doing rhythms and, and doubles and you know getting stuff figured out. The one funny thing is that he was railing the corners, like rutted corners with his feet on the pegs. And, and Jeremy's like, whoa. Well, I saw it first in the photos because I was look, chimping, looking at my pictures and all. Man, he's laid over really far in that rut, but his feet are still on the pegs. And then I overhear Jeremy and him talking on a jump. And he's like, God, it's really weird how you go through the tournament with your feet on the pegs. But And Bernard says, well, that's like 
mountain bike style. You know, you don't, you want to keep your feet on the pig so you can power out of the corner. And so McGrath says, hey, whatever, whatever you're comfortable with for sure. But it's just kind of odd style. But, uh, but he actually looked pretty dang good when I left Thursday, right? Um, and then Friday I saw him and he said that Thursday after I left, he was really got to ripping. And then uh, later on Friday, after he had done the triple, he says 30, 40 times, <laughs> he cased it. And uh, so A-Ray was there and said he thought the guy was dead. Oh, shit. He, Alex said it looked like he cased the triple with the brake on or something and just flew over the bars. Oh, shit. And, uh, but Bernard today tells us he got like kind of like knocked out momentarily and his whole body hurt so hard hurt so bad he couldn't even acknowledge tickle or a ray standing there <laughs> but uh so he took the weekend off and i think he did some mountain biking but uh he went back out today and he said he felt pretty good uh although a little bit sore but um i don't know man he uh Dahmer and i were talking about it. it's like getting around the track and negotiating the obstacles and getting through the whoops is one thing, but doing it with 19 other guys around you is something totally different, but qualifying is not like that really. Right. Qualifying in a race. It's just time qualifying. So he's hoping, you know, to make it out of the time qualifying sessions. And if you look at, I mean, how Anaheim one is, how many does he really want to do? Does he want to do quite a few? If you make it to no, Anaheim no, one, no. just a Anaheim couple. One is it. Anaheim one is it? The bet the bet with his buddies was that he would try to race Anaheim one. So I think that's it. Yeah, so typically, you know, I mean, you gotta think about it. There's all those people that show up for that first race, but then it's yeah. always chaos, you know, and I mean it's January weather in Southern California, so who knows what the chances of rain are. I mean, there have mm-hmm. been guys that have been really fast that would never make another night show, you know, on yeah. qualifying. So it, it could be good. He like you've said, the fact that he's able to get around some of that stuff, and I saw some Instagram clips of him on a track, I guess, over in England. Mm-hmm. Like, he has apparent bike skill. I mean, it's pretty much yeah. out there. And there were a couple people online that said, I mean, one guy said he saw him on a YZ250 the other day, and he was ripping, and it wasn't even his bike. So he can get, yeah. it seems like he can get comfortable and, and adapt to the situation pretty quickly. Um, but those supercross tracks that we see every week are so different. Yeah. You know what, though? an elite athlete of any in any discipline they have that like little bit wrong with their brain that makes them good at that stuff right yeah i mean <laughs> so, look at palmer back in the day yeah like bro sean palmer was legit i mean factory yeah. hana gave him a bike yep yeah so i don't know i mean i i, I i'm hoping i mean i'm gonna be watching him at anaheim one <laughs> for yeah it'll sure. be a good time probably, probably the first time i sat in the steam and watched all the all the qualifying sessions, but uh, definitely want to keep an eye on him. He's a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool to see because I know that there's a lot of hype behind him, and it it's amazing to see like how all that skill translates over because I'm sure that he could even become a better mountain bike rider from this time on a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. Did you uh, – you, have you followed him on Instagram yet? Or did Not yet. He posted I, like, this posted video. All, I watched all randomly through all the weekend. Dude, he posted this video on a mountain bike from earlier in the week last week. It was some big hill and big, you know, street, real steep street in Hollywood or something. And first you see him doing a nose wheelie all the way down it. And then it shows him climbing back up it. And then he's doing a coaster wheelie down it. Oh, Guy's crazy on a mountain bike. That's badass. The mountain bike thing, like, dude, I have 
even for you, like I see the stuff you do, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to go anywhere near any of that. Yeah, come on, I'm not doing anything great. Uh, I don't <laughs> Actually, do drop-offs. We, we, we might go riding with him tomorrow. You might not. I, I'm we're, we're talking. Yeah, well, A-Ray, A-Ray says uh, we may go at 7.30 tomorrow morning. But, uh, hey, so speaking of the weekend, I rode with RV on, wait, was that the weekend or was that Friday? I think it was uh, Friday. Yeah, I rode with Villapoto on uh, Friday, I guess, at Greer. Um, oh, Mike at Roy Cycler, he just built him a uh, stump jumper. No, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it looked good. It looked like it looks like everybody's at Greer. Like that's the one place that you take somebody to to really get them into mountain biking. As long as they have like established bike skill and they just fall in love with it. Yeah, it's super fun. So I, I got to tease RV about his uh, spandex on a trail bike. With a visor. <laughs> and he says, he says, bro, I, I grabbed the wrong kid on accident. So That's okay. We'll see what he shows up with this Friday. It's the only person I know that's just as pale as I am. So, Yeah. He covers yeah, it all up on, with that ink, though. You guys are on Team Day Glow Legs together. That's right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, uh, I can't wait for you to get out here. Dude, I can't Where, wait so either. You're coming. I'm, I'm, su- I'm assuming you're going to book your ticket for, like, Wednesday before or something. Yeah. Press day's Thursday? Yeah. Uh, no, press day's Friday, but okay. I figure, like, you know how busy you and I are, and when we get off the phone, or when we press stop on the recorder here, we'll talk about our Anaheim 1 plans, but yeah, plan is to fly out on New Year's Day, and then mm. get there, and you'll get in pretty much around the same time, too, and we'll start knocking everything out, so I want to spend a lot of time in the city, like, down at Anaheim, and getting so much stuff done, because I got to make account for this first one, and then pin it back to St. Louis for round two. Yeah, so you're riding back with a truck driver? I'm going to talk to Big Wave this week and make sure all that works out. If I don't do it yeah. with him on that one, because um, on some of those really hurried like cross-country trips, some teams mm-hmm. will put a second driver in so they can switch yeah. because with the new digital logbooks, you can only drive 12 hours. And yeah. as a guy that's driven that California to St. Louis drive there and back so many times, I know how far you can get and how long that would take. So yeah. I could see myself getting pushed out for a second truck driver to come in. So I would get yeah. that. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll do like maybe Atlanta to Daytona with them. But yeah, something. But yeah, I want to spend a lot of time with everybody and catch up because this is going to be a really, really good season with the way everything's shaping up. Yeah. You could also probably ask Big B. Somebody. I mean, I could pretty much get in with anybody, I think, and just like pin it across because – the year that I did it from Detroit to St. Louis, it was a good time, and you learned so much about everybody, and all these guys have so many stories, and that's, I think, it would make a great podcast or something. Yeah, yeah. I think Big B probably has some good ones. Oh yeah. <laughs> so how uh, how has writing been lately? Uh, I know you missed have... the uh, last day at Milestone, but looks like you've gotten another few days of writing in. Yeah, I still can't really ride because my. Stupid groin muscles are messed up, and I can't grip the bike. So, you know, I went trail riding last week with uh, with our benefactor Danny Malfatti and uh, old Hoppa, and uh, we went up to this area called Clear Creek. I, I guess it's it's actually closed right now because they found asbestos in the in the dirt or something. Oh, but I think there's plans of the BLM opening back up. But that was. Dude, that was so much fun, but I hit the ground probably 10 times at least. I mean, one super legit one where I tucked the front end and fell on my head, but the, all the other 
tip overs were just like losing my balance and not wanting to put my leg out because of my groin. And just, I'd kind of get to a point where I would lose my balance and just go, fuck it. <laughs> like cross my arms and just know I was going to hit the ground, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, super fun. Definitely want to go back when I'm healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I might go out to uh, State Fair this week and go check it out because all Scrub Daddy's been taunting me. But uh, And go back to it. Hey, we never – how was this Popeye's chicken sandwich on record? Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, I, I will say – well, you know, I took Scrub Daddy and we went to Popeye's to get the sandwich that causes fights. And, uh, you know, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was good. I had to, Actually, I went up and I bought a second one. And uh, I, I will say it's better than Chick-fil-A. Um. Is I've it? never had a sandwich. I've never had a sandwich at Raising Cane's, but I really like their strips. Yeah, but, yeah. It, Popeye's chicken sandwich is good. It's good enough to catch a charge for. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I asked the girl. I asked the girl in Popeye's. Hey, did people really get crazy over this? And she said that one day they ran out, and the guy that was waiting in line said he's going to come back and bomb them. Yeah, that's legit. So, that's why they don't put it at the uh, at the airport Popeye's because I was looking for it yeah. a couple weeks ago. Oh, there's no sandwich there, huh? Mm -mm. I was looking yeah. for it before I flew out uh, to Australia. I was like, oh, man, it's got to be here somewhere, and it's not yeah. on the menu. Yeah, got to get the number nine. Number nine. Oh, shit. Um, oh, wait, so are you telling me you're going to, like, break the... Uh, no, no, no. Veganism? I just want to see if it's there, just to see oh, if, okay. like, if there is going to be an incident at the airport. Yeah. No, I'm on, I'm on good behavior right now. <laughs> right on. Hey Tuan, let's uh let's cut this thing short because we got to probably do like five more podcasts this week. Yeah, we have a bunch. I have another one first thing in the morning that we'll post up. So thanks for listening, everybody. I'll uh, Don, you and I'll continue this conversation when the recorder's off. Alrighty, thanks for listening, guys.